Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, guys, we're going to talk about negative cash flow. I mean, I can't believe that we even have to talk about this in 2022. I mean, we've a lot of us out here, the people in the education space and real estate, we've been talking about don't do crappy deals for a long time. I mean, good God, Bigger Pockets lays it all out for you. I've laid it out for you. All these different podcasts lay it out for you. Real simple. Income minus expenses equals cash flow. That number should not have a minus next to it. It should have no number, nothing next to it. It should be positive. It should be money in your checking account if you're buying a cash flow property. Well, oh, Uncle Mike Marino is up there in Colorado, out there in Colorado, and he's looking at, he's part of, uh, he watches or follows the uh, investment community of the Rockies, which is basically a real estate club out there in the Rocky Mountains. And he's out there looking for small multifamily properties for his his own personal portfolio. He's got his VA entitlement and uh, he wants to put it to work. And that's smart. And I said, hell yeah, make that happen. I'm going to help him do it. But anyway, he's reading an article in there and he was telling me, he called me like chuckling. He's like, dude, you <laughs> he says, uh, explain to me one one case where negative cash flow makes sense. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he shared this article with me, and I thought, my God, i got to bring this on the show. Make sure nobody gets sucked into this thing. Thank God Mike read this, and he's like, started laughing. He's like, <laughs> he's like you might want to tell your listeners about this guy, this bunch of stuff. So ironically, I think it's written by a realtor. Um, anyway, fancies yourself as a rental property expert. Okay. And, uh, the title is Why Investors Are Settling for Negative Cash Flow. You want to read this article, you can go to ICO Rockies, ICO Rockies.com. It's R O C K I E S.com. And uh, just search there for the name of the article Why Investors Are Settling for Negative Cash Flow. I want to read this article to you, but I'm going to kind of stop throughout as I read it and kind of give you my take on it because I'm. I did a little Google searching to see, is she the only one that thinks this way? And unfortunately, my results are that she's not the only person that thinks this way. And I thought, well, I don't agree with everything everybody anybody says, but this is a topic that we need to address and we need to make sure you guys stay safe and by not taking advice like what is in this article. So I'm going to go ahead and get cracking. She says, the time was 2015 and prices were around 300000 you locked in your interest rate for under 4%. Life was good. Rents were continuing to climb, making your cash flow grow more and more. It was financially irresponsible not to buy real estate. I absolutely agree with that sentiment. I bought a lot of real estate myself in 2015. It was a good year. Uh, fast forward seven years and the average home price is closer to 700000 and interest rates are flirting with 6%. Now, she's in the Colorado market, so I know if you're in Indiana or wherever you're from, your numbers may be different. Like in Key West, those, that number would be more like 1.1. If you're in Tampa, it would be more like four or 500. But anyway, where she is, it's 700,000. Interest rates flirting with 6%. That's accurate. I mean, interest rates now are probably, by the time you listen to this, are going to be above 6%. Uh, Fed just raised the federal funds rate uh, three quarters of a percent on Wednesday, June 15th. That is going to have an impact on mortgage rates. They will be going much higher. So stay tuned. She goes on to say rents have continued to climb, but not equally, but not quite enough to justify these new payments. Well, why is that? First of all, let me stop right there. Rents, I'm going to say it again. Rents have continued to climb, but not quite enough to justify these new payments. Well, why as a landlord, wouldn't you solve that problem? And I know what you're going to say. Well, there's a lease, Tyler. Great. You know that when you buy, there's a lease. So what I would do 
when you buy right away, and this is very important when you're buying property, you need to do this. Go ahead and tell the tenant right away that the rent's going to go up at the expiration of the lease. Just let's get on board with a rent increase. Now, what they will probably do is move. Well, isn't that a shame? They're going to move. You go deal with the property, make it nice, and then raise the rent so that you don't have negative cash flow. Boys and girls, don't accept negative cash flow as the status quo. That is dumb. Don't do that. Come up with a plan on day one to fix that. Even if friends of mine that do big apartment syndication deals, even when the previous owner was a complete dumpster fire of a landlord, they can still go in. They only have negative cash flow for a given amount of time. Look at Michael Blank. Look at Rod Khalif and, and uh, all those other guys doing those big, huge deals. Yes, they go in with negative cash flow on a lot of cases, but they have a plan to mitigate it right away. They just don't say, well, it's just not going to cash flow, so suck it up, buttercup. We're going to wait and hope that it appreciates down the road. That doesn't work. Nobody does that. Not for a long term. You may do it for six months, maybe even a, a one-year cycle. But after that, you better have a plan to mitigate that right away. Because that's going to get you in deep doo-doo. And you don't want to be in deep doo-doo, especially what's going on right there. So she says, uh, welcome to the era of negative cash flow. She goes on to say, why hasn't the market slowed down? Why are investors still borrowing or still buying? Does it still make sense? I would say absolutely. Deal specific. This just means you got to roll up your sleeves and do negotiating. And if you're not a negotiator, you need to align yourself with people that are. You don't feel comfortable negotiating if you don't have the balls to raise the rent every year, then maybe you shouldn't buy rental property and you should invest with me instead. You can do that. It all starts by going to cashflowguys.com, hitting that Ask Tyler button, get on the phone and get get talking to me. Let's see what we can do. Anyway, getting back to it. Let's dive in, she says, starting with defining cash flow. Cash flow is the rental income that's left over, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. You're cash positive when you have leftover income piling up in the bank. Agreed. You are breaking even. If you are breaking even, she says, even that means you are covering all costs but not making any money on top of that. No kidding. Negative cash flow means the rent does not cover your payment and expenses, and some of that will have to come out of your pocket. So why would you ever buy a deal that has negative cash flow, she asked. Why would you direct a portion of your monthly income into a 401k plan? Those are apples and oranges, guys. I don't even know. I see what she's trying to do, but I'm not with it so far. Savvy investors are realizing that purchasing a property with, uh, I just lost my place. Uh, where did she go? This, this, is the, oh, this is the absolute best line. Savvy investors are realizing that purchasing a property with negative cash flow can easily be justified by its rapidly appreciating value. What? Are you kidding me? That was the part that got Mike to laugh out loud. Mike calls me and he's like, dude, you got to hear this. So I was like, yep, that's a podcast episode. Absolutely. What's the difference, she says, between throwing a few hundred dollars in the stock market and throwing it into real estate? Well, there's a huge difference, young lady. One of those investments is going to drastically help you during tax season, and one of them may give you a heart attack due to volatility. Well, they can both give you a heart attack due to volatility, especially if you're buying a deal at negative cash flow. I mean, goodness gracious, are you serious? If you've been around the block long enough, yep, you could say I've been around the block long enough. You understand that interest rates are just a point in time. Okay. If you want to drastically lower your payment, your monthly payment, acquire a low interest rate. Acquiring a low interest rate is key. Thank you for stating the obvious. So when you purchase a property today, you know that you may have a higher interest rate for the time being, but when they go back down, you can refinance and reduce that payment. Stop the presses. This is what a lot of people are doing right now, and this is getting to be a very popular way of doing things. You don't know that rates are going to go down. 
Go look back in history when interest rates in the 80s got into the 20% spot, when Paul Volcker turned the economy on its ear on purpose to calm things down and to stop rapidly rising inflation. He didn't like the next day say, just kidding, never mind. Uh, those interest rates lasted a while. Go back and do your research. Look at the Fed rate back in the 70s, late 70s, and early 80s, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It was not an overnight fix, and it's not a guaranteed fix, guys. If we can't get a handle on inflation, they're going to leave the rates way up there for a long time until things happen. And the only the reason why they raise rates, by the way, is to get us to stop spending. But we're in a you know we're in a Capital One type society where everybody under the world can qualify for a credit card, and if you know because it's just discriminatory to not give somebody a line of credit. So you can finance everything. Hell, you can buy a warranty for everything. Been to Walmart lately? I bought a broom recently, and the lady's like, you want the warranty? I'm like, seriously, it's a broom. It's six bucks. How much is the warranty? $1.50. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? But we are in a, in a society these days where we can finance everything. Everything can be financed. You ever notice when you respond to an ad on Facebook for somebody's real estate deal that 600 lenders chase you down? I got 100% interest or 100% financing it can be a total wreck. It doesn't even need to be a property. We'll just give you money. Pay us $1,500, 4% interest. Amortize over 100 years. Sign here. It'll be great. And there are people every day that get sucked into that. I digress. So she says that, uh, she goes on to say, if your plan of attack is to wait for interest rates to go down, you will have missed out on many years of potential appreciation, debt reduction, and tax benefits. That's partially true, but that's not an excuse to do a bad deal. Okay, or do a deal, do a good deal with bad debt. I just had to back out of a deal recently. Uh, I'm not happy about it, but I had to back out of what it started out to be a great deal. But in the end, it didn't pass due diligence because there were some things wrong with the deal that made me want to back out. And I had to back out because it's my job to grow my investors' money, to grow my money, because I got my money invested in this too. So I pulled out of the deal and we're redeploying that capital into a different deal because we could. it doesn't pass muster. And guys, either passes our due diligence or it doesn't. If it doesn't pass our due diligence, we pull out, we go find a different deal. That's how a responsible operator works. I don't care whether you're investing with your money, somebody else's money, or the bank's money. Don't go out there and roll the dice, not having all your T's crossed and I's dotted, okay? She goes on to say, uh, leveraging your money to build wealth can only happen when you give it time. That's true. The more time you allow your investment to grow, the more money it'll make, obviously. The cash flow is not the end-all, be-all of investing. Well, I beg to differ with you on that. Apparently, this the author of this article likes to pay tax. I'm not a huge fan of paying massive tax bills. And if you have ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or you've heard of Garrett Sutton or any of those guys, they basically say if you change your facts, you can change your tax. And what they mean by that, they're not suggesting you cheat on your taxes, but they're suggesting that you change the way, the means, the manner in which you earn your income. And if you change the way you earn your income, you will incur a lower, and in some cases, zero tax liability. What do I mean? Passive income uh, from rents is taxed at a lower percentage than capital gains or ordinary income. It's just a fact. So far, the government hasn't screwed that up yet. So as long as that stays to be the, the case, then you're automatically going to be better off by investing in cash-flowing rental property, okay? Just fact. She says it's merely a piece of the pie. Sacrificing one stream of income to use real estate as a wealth building tool should not be overshadowed by growing wealth through appreciation, debt reduction, and tax benefits. I had to read it again because it's like, I just can't believe it. It's like, you, 
you don't go out and lose money so you can get tax benefits. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And if you're doing it like something like an adjustable rate or some sort of negative cash flow situation, how the hell are you reducing debt if you're coming out of pocket? You're paying yourself to do a crappy deal. It doesn't make sense. She says, all in all, interest rates are high. Purchase prices are high. Risk may even seem high. However, I would still not argue that investing in real estate is even a, is even a greater risk. Don't sit on the sidelines. Calculated risk can lead to great reward. You know, that's very easy to say, but I'm afraid of articles like this that give advice to people that don't have the wherewithal or the financial um, clout to get through a situation. I know people that go out and do bad deals intentionally. I've tried to talk them out of it, but I can't help them because they want the experience. I want the experience of doing a deal. Well, I can tell you what it's like to lose money. I've lost money before. It sucks. It's embarrassing. It's painful. It makes you fight with your wife. It's just bad. Don't do it. Here, I'll write a book on it to make you feel better, but good God, don't go out and play in traffic because you will get run over. Guys, don't do deals that are negative cash flow. I know that there's some people think there's an upside, but honestly, half the people that give this advice are people that have something for sale. Therefore, they're full of poo-poo. Okay. When you see a dumpster fire, guys, you grab a fire extinguisher. You don't jump into the dumpster. You put it out with a fire extinguisher. You call 911. But you don't jump in the dumpster. Just like Larry Harbolt tells us, we don't jump in the seller's quicksand. Don't do bad deals. Remember, we make our money when we buy. We make our money when we buy. One more time, we make our money when we buy. That's why we pulled out of our recent deal and we're looking for other deals because the ability to make money on that deal changed in the process of due diligence at the last minute, which means I had to use one of the exit clauses in the contract to pull out of the contract, get our earnest money back, move on to another deal. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. We're going to move on and get to the next deal. Okay. There is no shame in saying no to a crappy deal. And I know guys, there's lots of deals out there right now. Facebook feed is blowing up. Every wholesaler in town has beaten your door down. I get it. And you feel a lot of social pressure to do a deal. But don't start out with bad deals. You make your money when you buy. You got to remember that. And if you're going to do a negative cash flow deal for some strange reason, and you have a cal- it's a calculated risk, as she says, make sure you have the resources to execute your plan and make sure you stress test that deal. What does that mean? For me, that means I'm going to pretend that COVID happened again and make sure the deal can support itself. I'm going to make sure that we have enough reserves to carry ourselves through a potential dumpster fire. I'm going to make sure that if I have a squatter that I've got some ching-ching set aside to deal with the legal fees so I can get old Sean Yesner on the phone, have Sean sorted out for me. That's being smart, guys. That's taking due diligence to the next level, making sure that you invest your capital wisely, your investors' capital wisely, and that's how you get to good deals and grow your portfolio. Doing dumb deals like negative cash flow without a proper plan to do it, focusing only on the appreciation is a fast track to bankruptcy. And hey, if you don't listen to me and you, and you take this lady's advice and you do a shitty deal and you're in Florida and you're going to lose your shorts anyway, you need a good bankruptcy attorney? Call Sean Yesner, yesnerlaw.com. Maybe we'll make Sean sponsor this episode because, geez, I've given him enough business out of this episode this week, but I love Sean. But seriously, you need a real estate attorney or a bankruptcy law attorney in the state of Florida to help you when you do a terrible deal that I told you not to do. Then go to yesnerlaw.com and give give old Sean a call and send him an email and hire him to bail you out of the poop that you got yourself into. Guys, it's going to be a great 2022. Year's half over. It's not too late to get started. That all begins by going to cashflowguys.com. Hit that Ask Tyler button. Let's get on the phone and have a conversation. 
Let's make cash flow happen. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.